0: Hello, this is ever Wonder from the California Science Center. I'm Perry Roth-Johnson. Have you ever wandered the yogurt aisle in the grocery store and stumbled upon yogurt or other foods with the label probiotic? These foods claim to support your gut health or your gut microbiome, and some even go so far as to say they can help your mental health. Although that last claim is mostly just marketing hype, Some scientific experiments have connected what's going on with bacteria in the gut to the brain. Scientists have even started to show that people with depression have different gut microbiomes than people without depression. Now, scientists still have a ton of questions, but ever wonder if your gut can really talk to your brain? Dr. Ryan Rampersod is a professor of psychiatry at UCSF. He's also an MD-PhD, meaning he is both a medical doctor and a scientific researcher. He and his colleagues are trying to better understand the link between the gut microbiome and depression. He broke down how your gut might be able to affect what goes on in your brain and how much more there still is to learn. Ryan Rampersad, you are an assistant professor of psychiatry at UCSF. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and Jenny Aguirre, producer and co-host of the show, is here with us again. Hi, Jenny.
1: Hey, Perry, and hi, Ryan. Thanks for joining us.
0: Ryan, so I know you study the gut microbiome and mental health, specifically depression. uh, But before we dive into that, what exactly is the gut microbiome? So
2: I think about the gut microbiome as the kind of
0: complex
2: soup of microorganisms and bacteria that live inside your gastrointestinal tract. And so that includes things like bacteria, yeast, viruses, archaea, which is a particular kind of uh, organism. Um, And all of those things are kind of swimming around in there, kind of communicating with each other and communicating with the host um, to do important functions like digest things. um, But can also kind of go wrong at times, like in the context of having like a diarrheal disease, for example
0: and when we're talking about the digestive tract that's like that's like our intestines and like everything from our mouth to our butt <laughs> exactly yeah so
2: there's a microbiome attached
0: to every surface of the body
2: and so the oral microbiome is present and then you have something in the in the digestive tract and even along the digestive tract there might actually be differences right so the stomach looks different than the small intestine looks different than the large intestine
1: the microbiome is i'm trying to picture it it's um kind of like the earth and then like all the like the bacteria the fungi the archaea that's like the animals the humans everything that's inside the the earth kind of so the
2: earth in this in this example right the earth the earth is the same as your in your intestines right it's the place uh-huh and then the bacteria there are like, and the yeasts and the archaea, and the viruses. It's like the people that live on the earth. And
1: there's good ones and there's right? bad ones.
2: <laughs> and there's good ones and there's bad ones.
1: <laughs> uh, let's dive into your study. So your your recent study. You are studying the connection between depression and the gut microbiome. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about your study? So I think
2: one one place to start is to take one step back uh, out of depression and just think about health and disease. And in recent years, there's been a lot of work from all different kinds of people, really, really amazing, amazing scientists, really starting to highlight the fact that what lives in your gut, right, actually affects human health in a variety of ways. And that includes altering the immune system, like you heard about before, it includes diseases like, uh, it includes infections, like things that seem, you know, common sense. And then also, Even things like diabetes and high blood pressure and hypertension and cancer even, right? All of these things are are connected to the gut microbiome. And what's exciting from our perspective is the connection between the gut and the brain and how the gut health might be related to depression in some way. And that field is really, really just beginning. And so what we wanted to do is really kind of sink our teeth into this subject and ask, well, How is it that they're connected, Mm -hmm. right? There have been Mm -hmm. lots and lots of studies that have said, you know, in depressed people, there's a difference. A depressed person's gut microbiome looks very different than a healthy person's microbiome. But we don't really understand exactly what that means yet. And so part of what we wanted to do with our study was really ask that question of like, well, why does it matter that it's different? What does that mean for the person and how is it that a change in the bacterial composition then relates to how someone behaves and how they feel? Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't seem like it's totally connected, but that's why we—that's why we do science.
0: Wow, that just opens up a lot of questions. But I think a basic one, maybe, how can the stuff in your gut change what's happening in your brain? Like, I get that we've observed differences, but do we know how that mechanism works
2: yet? that's where we are right now. in this yeah. field, right, <laughs> we are starting to, that's the fun part, right? Because right? uh, now we're starting to dig into it and ask, well, well, how, right? We got, we have, we definitely know that there is a difference. Mm-hmm. And so we're starting to understand, we're just scratching the surface, I think, um, in understanding how it is that things that are in the intestine that are physically separated by a fair distance, doesn't matter how tall you are, uh, <laughs> by, by a fair distance and a number of like physiological barriers, right? How is it that they could be communicating? And the way that we think about it is that there are probably multiple routes, you will have heard a little bit already about how the microbiome can affect the immune system. Mm-hmm. And it's very possible that that's one route, right, by which the change in the gut microbiome, affects the brain by changing the level of inflammation somebody might experience in their body. Mm-hmm. And we know from lots of studies from, you know, over the over the past decades that inflammation is linked to the development and severity of depression in some way. Okay. So that's one potential mechanism. There's also a very long nerve that goes directly from the brain all the way into your gut. And it's kind of as it sort of projects into the gut and kind of takes a takes a reading. It's sort of saying like, hey, what's, what's the feeling down in the gut, right? And it can respond to maybe all of the things that the gut produces, all of the things that the gut bacteria produce, and can then signal back up to the brain. And how that relates to behavior is still a question that remains to be kind of understood. But that is definitely one way in which there might be a, uh, a route of communication. We have lots of studies from animals that suggest that it's actually a really important way that things that happen in the gut get communicated to the brain. Mm-hmm. I I like to say that like you know what happens in the gut doesn't stay in the gut, uh, a la <laughs> Vegas, right? Yeah. So that's okay. you know, that's a second way, and then the other third way, amongst other potential routes that we are really interested in, is that is the is the stuff that bacteria produce, and so you know, we talked a little bit about the fact that the bacteria are kind of in your gut and they're there, right? But just like the people on the earth, like you mentioned, right? They go to work, they do some stuff, they go out and have fun with friends, right? There, There's all mm-hmm. this activity happening. And as a consequence of this activity, right, they take all the stuff that you eat, and all the stuff that your body produces, and they transform those things, right? They make these metabolites that can come out of the gut and go into the bloodstream. And from the bloodstream, kind of float around and eventually get up to the brain. Now, not everything that gets into the blood gets into the brain, but there might be a number of things that are produced by the bacteria. And so um, that's the other really big, I think the other really major important pathway for how something that happens in the gut, like producing a metabolite or a signaling molecule, Mm -hmm. how that might get to the brain to do something. And we still need to understand like, what the target is for those signaling molecules mm-hmm. and how the activation of a receptor in the brain by a signaling molecule changes someone's behavior. Um, but the first step is to begin to understand that language, that chemical language of how the bacteria might communicate with the body to begin to understand like how it might affect behavior. Those are three ways, mm-hmm.
0: potentially. But you guys are studying the third way. We're studying...
2: The third way, and we're also studying the immune system. Uh-huh. Um, and so, and, and I don't know that they're totally disconnected. I've, you Fair. know, for the purposes of of my own understanding, yeah. <laughs> I've separated them out. But in reality, right, they're probably all sort of like mixed up together. Uh-huh. Um, but we really think about those chemical signals. That's really important to us to understand the mechanisms by which changes in the gut correspond to changes in the brain. And if we can decode that signal, right? If we can decode that language, we get closer to being able to leverage some of that for Mm -hmm. like therapeutic benefit, right? Mm -hmm. If you can understand what they're saying, then you can insert yourself into the situation, right?
0: Right. So you're like, maybe this is a, is a, a weird way to think about it, but you're like trying to make the spies that can listen in on the conversation that, the microbes are having with your brain like you're you're like the microbe n s a you're trying to figure out you're trying to decode <laughs> the message, figure out how it's floating through the blood to the brain and getting translated into something that's making somebody feel a different mood. Do I have that sort of right yeah
2: i I think that makes total sense, right It's like code crackers mm-hmm. right who
0: were like work
2: for the government who are trying to like decode secret messages right you don't know what they're saying, but they're definitely saying something. <laughs> And then, so then we want to say, well, well, we want to be in on that too, right? We want to know, we want to know what the joke is. Like what's happening? What are they saying to each other? And in doing that, right, you can ask in, you know, in the context of our study, we can ask, well, this is what it looks like when you're healthy. Mm. And then this is what it looks like when you're depressed. What's the difference? Right. Right. And you can kind of say, oh, this is a thing. This is a signal that's not so great. Or this is a signal that is good, and we lost it in a depressed person. And then you can start to, you can take that signal and then start to study it more in depth and then say, hey, where does that signal go? And who's at the other end listening? And what do they do in response to the signal that they get? But first step is to crack the code and understand what the signals are and what what they mean. Very cool.
1: Very cool. What do you and your colleagues hope to find out from this study specifically? like what's the what's the goal of this study?
2: So I think science is incremental. Um, <laughs> and we're always kind of pushing to just ask you know, one specific question and get a little bit of an answer, but then there are also loftier goals, right? And so I, I think maybe the way to answer that question is to sort of say is to take the first the first sort of step, which is to say what's the smaller question we're asking? and the smaller question we're asking, is about a specific class of metabolites produced by the bacteria, and whether or not it's different between depressed people and healthy people. And we have a little bit of an indication from some other studies that these molecules that, were, that are called indoles, um, that are produced by the bacteria metabolizing things that come from your diet, um, we think that they're actually really, really important, um, and that they signal to the brain and they do kind of important things for uh, the development of depression, and so our m- our main question is whether or not is one is it different. Two, what are the bacteria that are responsible for producing those molecules, and then three, who's at the other end listening, and how does that, how does signaling via that molecule change the activity of a cell in the brain? The bigger question, though, is how do we help people with depression, mm. <laughs> right? <laughs> And I think you know, part of what we are really hoping for is, um, and maybe I'll take a step back for a second to say, you know depression treatment hasn't changed for a very, very long time, and it's not fantastic, right? There are still There's still a fair number of people who start treatment and don't have, you know don't necessarily get the full benefit of you know traditional therapies. And so part of what we want to do is start to ask questions about, what are other ways that depression comes about that have nothing to do with the therapies that we're already using right what's the what's contributing to the development of to depression and so part of what we want to do is highlight this new mechanism potentially that contributes to the development of depression right and then the other hope is could we turn this into a treatment right so could we take the the understanding of the chemical signals that are good and bad, that relate to depressive symptoms. And could we make a probiotic, which I'm sure you've you've all seen in the grocery store, right? Could we make a probiotic that could be useful, right? For treating depression. Uh Um, Because if we understood what they did, we could make like a more targeted probiotic. We could say, you know what? People who have depression... don't have so much of this indole we should give it back to them let's make a let's make a probiotic that makes lots of indole so we can give it to them so that they can feel better
0: so is the dream like to make fancy yogurt that has that indole inserted into it that you can eat (laughs) to like feel less depressed is that the dream or a bacteria
2: yeah or a bacteria that that naturally produces that right because Uh. if you can Part of, you know, part of the question is like, if you took a bacteria in, right, like a probiotic, mm-hmm. could you have it take hold and restructure the the gut microbiome changes that are happening, right? Um, so adding the thing that's beneficial is great, but it may not be long lasting.
0: Oh, okay. But if
2: you did a probiotic, right, then it's like, it's like the the gut microbiome is now changed, right? Yeah. So it went from being this like microbiome that's not so great. But then you gave a probiotic that then kind of shifted the composition and changed the activity. And that's a more long-lasting solution, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: The aliens are conquering the earth. That's all I thought of.
0: (laughs) And they're going (laughs) to make
1: it better. Yeah, and they're going to make it better. (laughs) That's what (laughs) I pictured.
2: They're not... not they're not sucking out all the resources from I, this planet.
1: I have been going on a sci-fi like binge lately, so all I could think of is aliens in space right now.
2: <laughs> it's a good analogy though, right? Like, yeah, it's it's something foreign that's coming in yeah. and changing something. But it's not Independence Day, right? Like they're they're not doing that. No, these are us. nice they're ones there. It's, it's a good job. No it's Independence like,
1: okay. Day, no Mars attack. This is this is nicer. Right. Totally. <laughs> All right, Ryan. So, let's just try to think into the future. In the next ten years, what discoveries do you hope people will make in your field? Hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, so, in this field, which is really, really new, right, of gut-brain axis signaling, um, there's still a lot to know. And so, I think maybe I'll take the same approach that I did with my with the previous question, which is little goal, big goal. goal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so little goal, right? I hope that we are able to decode and understand even just like a 10th of the functions that are important to the development of depression, right? That are either, you know, that are altered under depressive states. Um, I hope we begin to just like get just a sliver of that, because I think that's a realistic goal Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) because it's going to be, it's going to be a complicated question. The bigger goal, I would love to see a future where we can treat depression and anxiety and other psychiatric related issues with something like a probiotic that, you know, feels safe and easy and Potentially has lots side effects. That's the ideal situation. That's a that high like, you know, in the sky kind of aspiration. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. That that would be great.
2: But I think the the most important thing is that, you know, what do I wish for? I just hope that we understand things a little bit more. And I think that's the you know, that in and of itself is a huge is a huge uh, benefit to the world.
0: Right. Spoken like a true basic science researcher. I just want to know how it works.
2: (laughs) I just want to know how it works. I don't need to make fancy
0: yogurt yet. I just want to know how it works.
1: (laughs) What's going on? That's the
0: fun, right? Right. When
2: you can just like, you can ask the question and then you, and then you know why it works the way it works. You know about like the internal like engines, the parts that are happening, you know, inside under the hood. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Well if you think about it though like that's that's the big chunk of moving forward you have to know what's going on and once you do then you know whatever comes afterwards the fancy yogurt or the different <laughs> probiotics those are going to be easier to create
2: exactly yeah
1: i think it's your line of work is pretty intense and pretty fascinating just because that that's a <laughs> lot a lot you have to look at different types of people, different ethnicities, different age groups, different, and every single person is different. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: But there's someone out there, some brilliant person who's going to take, right, this is how science works, is going to take the knowledge that somebody else developed and run with it and do something really, really amazing, Mm -hmm. right? And if, you know, if I can contribute even just a little, (laughs) one-tenth to the knowledge that exists currently we're in good shape.
1: Right. It'll spark that little light bulb in somebody.
2: Absolutely.
0: When you're talking to people in your work, like maybe your subjects, you know, who are in the study, do you notice uh, any patterns like where people might have a misunderstanding about the gut microbiome and how it works? Is there anything you wish more people knew? I think that people can swing in both directions. Mm-hmm. Some people will say, that's
2: not a thing. And then some people will say, it's the only thing. Mm. Um, and it's the most important thing. And, and we have to, you know, how can I use a probiotic to treat my depression? And I think we have to help people get back to the <laughs> to the middle, mm. which is, it's definitely related. There's There's definitely a connection, but we don't know enough yet. And I think the question that I often get is, this is great. So what do you you know, what should I take? What should I get at the grocery store? Right. And you know, I wish that I had the an answer that said, you should take this. This is perfect for you. Um, but the reality is, is that we we're not there yet. And so I think, you know, the thing that I often tell people is we're getting there, but we still have a long way to go. And so keep an eye out, <laughs> keep your hopes up. We'll get there eventually. But it's hard to say that this is, you know, this is the, the absolute end-all be-all answer to what's, you know, what's ailing you at the moment.
0: Right, right. Isn't that so, it's so interesting, but also frustrating at the same time that science is that way. It's a lot of gray and people want very clear answers, but it's a lot of gray for a long time until there's like consensus. Uh, and I see we're running out of time, Ryan. So where can people follow you online and, and find your work if they want to learn more?
2: Oh, um, (laughs) that's a good question. I'm very much um, not connected as of yet, but uh, we do have our our website, which is our study website, which is candy.ucsf.edu. And there you can get information about the study and then hopefully in the future, um, we'll get on the twitter bandwagon we've started and we're gonna we're we're working our way we're working our way up to it i'm still very much like an old-fashioned person in that
0: way (laughs) it's probably a good thing i mean let's be honest (laughs) especially if you're on zoom all the time like you need a break from the internet Well, it has been wonderful talking to you, Ryan. Thank you for breaking uh, the microbiome down and and putting up with our our silly uh, metaphors. Thank you for joining us on the show.
2: Thank you. And I think your metaphors are fantastic. (laughs) They make so much sense. And I, you know, just to sort of acknowledge, like, science is for everyone. And I think this is the way that that it gets communicated. Real language. Metaphors that make sense. Aliens invading. <laughs> <planet> Earth.
0: <laughs> That's our show, and thanks for listening. Until next time, keep wondering. Ever Wonder from the California Science Center is produced by me, Perry Roth-Johnson, along with Jennifer Aguirre. Liz Roth-Johnson is our editor. Theme music provided by Michael Nicholas and Pond5. We'll drop new episodes every other Wednesday. If you're a fan of the show be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating or review on apple podcasts it really helps other people discover our show have a question you've been wondering about send an email or voice recording to everwonder at californiasciencecenter.org to tell us what you'd like to hear in future episodes